everybody. Welcome to the Just Think Podcast. My name is Carson, and yes, it has been a while since we have recorded an episode. So we are especially glad that you are listening to today's episode. It's 2022, and the last episode we made was in 2021. It's crazy to believe. Uh, but the mission still is the same. Uh, we desire to have a podcast that helps us think. Uh, we believe that the problem uh, that we face in our culture is not a lack of information, but a lack of a way to integrate the information that we process on a daily basis. So uh, we're really glad that you're here. Uh, Mike and I are really excited for this conversation today. Mike, how are you feeling to be back on the podcast? It it's feels been, really good. A lot of stuff. Is, yeah, it's been a while. A lot of stuff has happened since uh, last time we were we were together, right? Yeah. I mean, we we it feels like we live together uh, because <laughs> our families are so tight. But I definitely like sitting in front of a microphone, having a conversation uh, has not been the norm over the past couple of no, months. No, there's been a lot us. of other things occupying our time. Yeah, no doubt. And it's so it's March 4th uh, when we recorded this episode. We're getting ready for a lot of I, things in the life of the church. Yeah, I was actually thinking it was still February. So thanks for reminding me. Spring is almost here. hard to believe. Yep. Uh, we were talking the other day at Overflow. It's like we're halfway through the college semester, which yeah, is crazy, crazy, crazy to believe. Uh, but we have, uh, I think, a fun conversation uh, in front of us today. Uh, we've got, we want to do a couple life updates about yep. like where we are, yep. uh, some things that have changed in our life since our Thanksgiving episode right. uh, of last November. Uh, you've got a really big day coming up in your life over the next couple of weeks. We're going to fly over, uh, and that's your new book comes out on yeah. March the 15th, <laughs> which is incredible pretty, pretty exciting yeah very exciting fun fact uh right before we sat down for this recording a bunch of them got delivered here to yep. the church yep so they'll be available here uh on march the 15th maybe a couple of days before if we can figure out how to get that yeah, that's pretty uh, get awesome. permission to do that yeah, yeah. so really excited <laughs> um well, surreal come, it's yeah. crazy it, it it, and i've been able to be a part of just like hearing you process this for quite yeah. some time now and it's just really encouraging to see it like yeah. actually like taking shape. Yeah, and it's pretty crazy when they come in the mail and you open up the box and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like this thing that you have, um, you know, kind of wrestled with and wrestled over and fought with and fought over uh, for quite a while, and it's it's like there and and really just to see, you know, even now we're we're starting to do some um, uh, kind of pre reads with people and uh, some folks helping launch the launch the book and the the, the feedback is just incredibly. Uh, encouraging and not because they like the book but just because they they understand when people understand what you're trying to write or say it's just a really it's just yeah. it's re real refreshing because it's just such a uh, i won't say fearful but it just feels so yeah. vulnerable like writing something and putting it out there and go i hope you like what i wrote or i hope what i wrote resonates with you or yeah, whatever those you know emotions sure. are so it's good well and we were talking about this a little bit earlier on the way back to the church a, a bit ago it's like when you write something in a book it's there forever yeah it is <laughs> it's like there uh, so it's a little intimidating but i think it's a beautiful thing too because uh, you do pour so much of yourself into yeah. a project like that and there's so many people that got to collaborate along the way uh, that have kind of helped it, you know, be what it is yeah. today. So, so many people. Yeah. I, I think that's super cool. Yeah. You've uh, had a couple of big changes. Yeah, a couple of real big changes. So, My job has changed since yep. our last yeah. episode. Well, I think last time we were talking about kind of these veiled ideas of all this kind of stuff that was happening yeah. behind the scenes. And one of the big ones was that Carson uh, had, you, you, you took the um, role uh, in our college ministry, leading that charge and serving uh, to pastor and teach and lead all that's happening with our college students. And it's a big deal. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I keep telling people I've never been more energized than I am right now in my life because I love what I do and I love who I get to do it with. My staff team and our intern team is is the best at what they do. Yeah. And they, we laugh 
so much. Yeah. Uh, and but we've had some like really incredible conversations along the way at the beginning of this so year. So let me ask you a question. I guess I don't have to jump in the conversation, but like, you know, part of what um, that was like was trying to finish one season with, you know, really well. Mm -hmm. And then also to launch into another season that you were really excited about. And what a lot of people do when they're leaving one thing mm -hmm. and going on to something else, they tend to, um, you almost have to villainize the thing you're leaving mm -hmm. so that you feel have permission to do that. So you can go on to the next thing. And a lot of people don't end up finishing well or leaving well or they feel bad. How did you navigate the tension? I know we talked about some of that, you know, yeah. just privately, but how did you navigate the emotion of finishing something really, really well that, that's still going to directly affect you and the church that you're a part of yeah. uh, and also manage the excitement of not wanting to check out what you're doing to pursue what you're going to be doing. Yeah, that's a tough thing. I mean, and when I learned about the transition that was was coming, it was How many actually, months was it? It was six months. Six months. I, I learned about it in July. We didn't tell anybody uh, for several weeks because a lot of different things needed to kind of like fall into place, as anybody would know. Uh, that when you when you work in an organization with more than five people, uh, like change takes a lot yeah. of conversations yeah. and it's a lot of moving parts. Uh, then once we like started telling our staff team, and then we ended up rolling it out to our intern team and to the volunteer team. There's so many different layers to it. It felt almost like I was having the same conversation over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so that became the focus for a little while. That right. kind of distracted me yeah. from the fact that I actually was leaving. Yeah. That sounds ironic, but it was like, <clears throat> it was so much about making sure everybody knew that I didn't process it a ton for myself. Yeah. But I did have like one really big core conviction. I was like, I'm leading all the way through. I don't want to be the mm -hmm. leader that says, okay, I'm out on December. Christmas Eve was my last day uh, as a the production director of our church. That was kind of the finish line for me as a leader. And I was like, I don't want to leave a day before that. I want to do the work. I want to stay present with my people. I don't want to run past. And I want to, I really want to experience like every moment along the way. And that got tough in a couple of moments where yeah. it was like, okay, I've got to start thinking about my new job and I've got to hire my new staff team because it was a, it was a, it was a clean slate because yeah. all of our staff moved out of that department into other areas of the church, which they're in their spots and doing an yeah. incredible thing now. Uh, but it was definitely like there was two months of that November and December kind of range. It definitely got really hard because uh, the days were dense and the conversations were long and there was a lot of details to figure out. Uh, but my prayer was like, Lord, like I really want to remain, I, I want to remain present and yeah. I, I don't want to miss a minute. And and I, th I think one of the things too, I would encourage you, because I, I sat in a lot of those meetings um, with you or at least kind of heard you and you, know, you gave that same conversation you said you, have, you said you said had the same conversation over and over again but you were able to do it with a sense of freshness because you recognized mm -hmm. that the people you were talking to were hearing it for the first mm -hmm. time and though it may be old hat to you and you'd already had to answer the questions mm -hmm. you were still able to like give this to them and let them process and wrestle and celebrate you and also wrestle with the implications of oh this is going to be different yeah. Um, and you know, just a, sort of another fun fact, you know, um, obviously you're my son-in-law, but like I, I was told of these, you know, we have a, uh, you know, our executive pastor, Richie and the other folks who were involved in a lot of these decisions came, um, you know, came to me with, Hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. Are you okay with this? Which I just think says a lot about, um, how our church operates and also says a lot about you and the fact that you had demonstrated, consistent leadership. It wasn't just that you were good at your job, but really consistent leadership and the shepherding of, of a team 
um, to to really uh, for us to see those gifts and to have those those gifts in you affirmed mm-hmm. to really you know kind of. Um, you know, help you get into this next season, next yeah. place where we think it's going to benefit our church. Yeah. But I just, I just want to encourage you because I think a lot of people, you know, the more you see, it gets to be old hat. Mm-hmm. I've had this conversation. I've said this before, but if you, if you think about who you're saying it to and being present, like you were saying, it really does change and shape the way we participate in it. Cause that probably helped you process that mm-hmm. even though it wasn't as, as crisp as what you might have liked to go, I'm going to go away for two days and process, but you had to do it all along the way, real yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I really do believe that how we leave something or how we finish something says a lot about who we are. And I think that we live in a culture that is uh, you you move from thing to thing. It's disposable. Or, yeah. And I, just people are not disposable. Yeah. So therefore, leadership is not disposable because leadership's about people. Yeah. At least leadership you know, should done, be done well. Uh, so I think that that was definitely a tension that we had to we had to manage and we had to walk. But I'm. I'm grateful that we did because I think that it it certainly was worth it. And I mean, it's still weird. (laughs) I was a Sunday team member of our church for nine years. And now my role, you know, is not a Sunday specific role. So Sunday mornings have been incredible in the way of Maddie and I, you know, have time to to be together on Sunday mornings. What time did you used to get here on Sundays? Five thirty at like the latest. So, right. So it was always five thirty. Yeah. Getting up at the crack of dawn, getting to the church. You know, Maddie's I assume probably still still asleep, half asleep. Yeah, she would typically get or up yelling at you about something, it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because I would wake up Baxter yeah. and he would have to eat. You know, because our dog, uh, eighty five pound yellow lab. Uh, he knows what he wants, guys. He knows what he wants. Uh, the minute that he wakes up, he hungry. Like, it's time to eat, right. you know? So I think that it's been good for us, though. Like, yeah. a change of rhythm, sure, I sure. think, is helpful because yeah. it gives you a new perspective. Yeah. So, But 5.30 in the morning for a lot of years, and also that shifting, um, do you ever feel like you're not doing your job when you're coming oh, in later? For sure. That was definitely the reality, especially early on. Uh, but there have been some moments along the way that it's gotten a little bit easier because I'm I'm gearing up to be a dad. I don't I don't did we talk about this? I don't think we, we, we did about announce it. it, but I was we just did. thinking I don't know if we I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I think we did, but we, okay. but we need to do it again. Just FYI, yeah. Carson and Maddie uh, are Maddie, my wife is pregnant and she's due in June, so we're three and a half months away from having a little one. So you're gonna be getting up early or, or staying up late or not going, going to bed. Yeah, yeah, never going to bed would be that's what I've been told. Can't wait. Uh, Can I ask you one more question yeah. before you jump off the off that topic? Um, obviously, people have have communicated to you and talked to you about your transition and both you know the way you finished the season um, in our production department, leading our production department, and and entering into college ministry. Um, what are some of the things that you have said? That what are the uh, some of the things that people have shared with you that were particularly encouraging or spoke to the part of you that you're like, man, that's what I was hoping people would sense does that make sense that's kind of a tough question that is a tough question uh i i would have a lot of thoughts to it uh the lead one that comes to my mind is a production for me in the very beginning was about technology like i was you were also 15 years old yes for (laughs) sure so i was very enamored by uh big stages you know big speakers lights cameras you know all the things uh, but over time, I really began to re-fall in love with the person of Jesus. And then when I believe when you begin to really fall in love with the person of Jesus, you begin to fall in love with people uh, because that's that's his calling and that's the way that he lived his life. Uh, so I definitely had some like big 180 moments for me in production that I learned that like my love and passion really is for leading people. 
uh, being with people, being an advocate for people. And I used to think the leadership was a hierarchy thing. It was a, I, I got to like climb an org chart to feel like a leader. Uh, but production really was the place that I learned that leadership really is friendship. It's like, man, if, if you can just go be somebody's friend and that's not a cushy thing, that's true and good friends are the most honest people in our life, right? Like yeah. they're, they're the people that push us the most, but they're also the safest people. And that's just what I wanted to be. And I had many conversations with people on the way out that said that they affirmed or saw that transition for me, where I went from technology, uh, maybe obsessed or technology focused, maybe would be a, a lighter, better word to use, uh, to like people focused. To the point that I think I've like been talking with some of my like my previous team over the past couple of weeks, and it's like uh, maybe I maybe I left some of the technology to the sidelines <laughs> in the in the last like uh, semester of my job. Uh, but man, like it, when I get to the end of my life and I look back, yeah. I I wouldn't change that yeah. because I w- I would rather say, man, I went I went a little hard in the paint for people, right. <laughs> and. and and let technology kind of figure itself out along the way. But I think technology has immense purpose. And I think it has an immense opportunity in any movement, but especially in the church movement, because technology is the thing that carries the message to the outside world and allows our model of church with multiple campuses and lives. Like technology is the backbone. Yeah, it does matter. Uh, It does matter. So I think think one thing too, I would encourage you because part of where my experience was, you know, and for for everybody listening, Carson um, is one of those guys who, like if, if anything goes wrong, he kind of will figure it. Like if he's there, he's going to figure out how to like, I love a problem. Yeah. Just like figure out how to get it done. And you're not going to have to worry about it. And so you're kind of, you grow used to having those people, having you around, especially on Sundays or times when, when there was a lot of pressure on the production mm-hmm. aspect of our church or whatever we were doing, um, whether it was a funeral or other places where people are like tuning in from other parts of the country to, to participate in a service. These are kind of their significant events. And we were at one and, it was like one of the first ones where you weren't like you literally weren't there. I remember, you know, there was something going on and, and you feel on the side of you like, I, I, wonder, I wonder if Carson knows or whatever. And the your, several of your team, which which we I know this to be true um, and has been for years, but they it was just the way, you know, it was like um, Jacob and uh, uh, Turner and uh, Grossman and Turner and. Um, Matt and all these guys just stepped in and, and not, not just getting things done technology, but the way they served the people who were coming into the room and the people who were interfacing with them, you just realize, man, we have a, that the culture Mm. is there. And I think that's a testament to you staying the course, um, caring about people. And, and again, uh, you, you say like you switched from technology to people, which I, I think that you, you did that. Um, but the technology piece did not drop. It was, it's still really high. Um, functioning and, and really high quality. So I'm very grateful. I just thought it was really interesting to hear That's someone, cool. you know, you're, you're young and you've already transitioned from one kind of leadership realm into another. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I was really proud of the way you did it. Mm. Um, I think it, I think it does demonstrate a level of character to be able to say, I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm, not, I'm just going to dump on my team and go, Hey, they'll figure it out. I'm going to really lead them yeah. through to the very last day. Um, and then began, and, it, and again, it was, I think it was both. You had to do things in your new job in, in yeah. an overlap, and it was a lot of pressure, which is part of the reason we didn't record a podcast because it was a lot going on. Yeah, that you're you're 100 right. I mean, it was they were long days and full weeks, yeah. and it was a it was a miracle if Maddie and I got to have you know breakfast or yeah. dinner just yeah. the two of us yeah. once a week yeah. during that time. <clears throat> and I think that it, it really like when I look back at that, it's like that that was a unsustainable pace for a long period of time but it was the pace that 
you know, I needed to run at yeah. in those few months of yeah. transition. So I, I look back and I'm just really, really grateful. And my, I keep calling them my team, <laughs> uh, the production team that I got to lead for so long and, and really just be a fan of them. Uh, they really are the best yeah. of the best. And they, they love people now and in a way that I think is better than I did. And I think that that's so yeah. cool to like see them in the way yeah. that they're leading. It's a fact now. that, I mean, that your team, their team, you know, our team, our production. I know, has, it's still, yeah. Has, it's <laughs> a fact that it, it, it has affected and does affect our culture. Like the way I, you know, and that's one thing I'm really proud of. And I tell our guys this a lot is that, you know, it's not just what, what we do, because it's impressive. I mean, I'm not a tech person, so I see what they do. I'm going, that's, that's pretty impressive but how they do things consistently to value people and the interface that we have, especially when we're in community events or even our congregation on Sunday, the way they interface to serve and to help and to, and to really facilitate and to give of themselves for others. Um, it really is. It's, and I think it's a model, you know, and something I'm, I'm very uh, encouraged by. And I do think it's a testament um, to your leadership. So I just thought it was a really Thanks, interesting way to, Kind of, you know, kind of bring that in yeah. as you've made this this really incredible transition. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I do think that that's like a good <laughs> a good window <laughs> into what the past uh, yeah. four months, honestly, have like looked like for for us very specifically. The last two of twenty twenty one and the first two of twenty twenty two have been uh, very busy, uh, but we are in a new year. And we do pick words around here, and we've talked about this on the podcast, and we thought that it would be like really fun. Uh, to share a little bit about what our words are. My word this year is outside. Uh, it's got a couple different meanings meanings for it. Uh, one simply is I do want to be like physically outside more. I, I, I believe in the value of being outside. Outside's not for everybody. <laughs> uh, I should be. I, 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 I don't disagree. Uh, but another thing that I've been, I picked that word to kind of help me do is to step outside of uh, the addiction to a rhythm or a just a regimented schedule. Uh, I love routine a lot of times and I like going to the same places. I say that it's because I don't want to make any more decisions in the day, which is why I just go to the same place for lunch every day, which is essentially like three or three or four different places. My new staff team like gives me the hardest time about it because I just eat at the same spot every day. Uh, but I do want to like get on the outside. <laughs> I do want to get on the outside of those rhythms because I want to meet new people and I want to see new things. And I want to be able to like be available to what the Lord has mm. for me in those things. Uh, but also I want to be on the outside of the pursuit of the affirmation of people. Mm. Uh, that's a, that's a very contagious thing for me. Like I see it all the time where people uh, adjust their career or adjust their platform or adjust their communication style or, you know, whatever the thing is uh, to get more likes or more affirmation. And I've felt myself the end of last year, beginning of this year, as I was like moving into a new job where it's, it's a little bit more out in front. I'm teaching more. I'm, I'm, I'm leading more conversations and more meetings. I felt like the Lord was saying like, you need to keep an eye on this because it's you, really you cannot afford uh, to become someone who worships the affirmation uh, or love or support of yeah. people. You need to stay dependent. Especially on, from a, a ministry that has a pastoral or yeah, yeah for sure because it's super it's super easy to get caught up to I hope people liked what i had to say tonight or i hope they thought i was funny yeah. or i hope they thought i was clever or i hope they thought yeah. i was profound yeah that's really really important and it's a tough thing i it's mean it's really it, hard and it's it's not a it's not a set it and forget it kind of thing i mean i've struggled with it over the past couple of weeks <clears throat> yeah uh, we had a conversation today today about it yeah. and i think that 
I think that that is like the more we talk about it, the more help we get. Yep. So I'm I'm just committed to talking about it, which is yep. one of the reasons that I picked it for my word. And I the the context that I like picked uh, in the Bible to kind of help encourage me with this is in Romans, Paul talks about the eternal power and divine nature of God uh, really being a reminder and a bit of an ev- evidence for mm-hmm. who God is and what God wants to do. And that eternal power and divine nature, I believe, is on display every day. Uh, in the world that we live in and in the lives of the people that we interact with. And I don't want to miss it. Yeah. So I want to use all those things that God made <laughs> uh, to constantly like remind me and inspire yeah. me uh, to live in his way. So that's my word. That's good. I'm pretty excited about it. What's your word? Uh, my word is imagination. 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 And so, you know, I was wrestling through a bunch of different words. <clears throat> and the, the the literal definition is uh, really the the fact. So, it, you know, we were talking about this um, I was having a conversation. They said, we like imagine better um, because it's a better word. Plus, there's a song about it, right? Imagine all the people. Someone told you that you needed to change your yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's not unusual. <laughs> um, and so. Do they get the title, my one word? Yeah, my, my one word. It's like your one word. That's right. It's my one word. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm that. sorry. No, I'm good. sorry. <laughs> but I, I, I thought to myself, you know, I don't. And it wasn't just me. I was like trying to wrestle through yeah. this. I was doing a personal retreat. I was like, I don't, I don't want a action word. Like it needs to be something I can I can grab. Oh. So it it became imagination, and I was just going through, and um, you know, even like the the verse was from First uh, Corinthians chapter two, and it says that no eye has seen, or no ear has heard, or no mind has conceived or imagined what God has in store for those yeah. um, and who give themselves to Him. And that's paraphrase, but it's but imagination is the the capacity or the faculty of forming new ideas that. Um, are not present to the senses. Mm. And, you know, I was trying to think, was it just because we were at Disney? You know, was, was that what it was? But it was really um, this idea that, and people who know me, you know, I'm not usually short on ideas. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like my brain just, it's like, you know, when it goes crazy with ideas all the time. So it's not just about grabbing more ideas to, you know, jab in the spokes and and confuse things. But it was to be able to think about and consider things that aren't present to my everyday senses, what mm-hmm. I see, what I taste, what I touch, what I feel, what I can understand. Um, but really to allow, and what I'm hoping is that there's a, a vision for the future, a, a way forward, especially with the pandemic, uh, the condition of the world, you know, mm-hmm. with with what's happening in, in Ukraine yeah. and just how heavy it feels and, and to imagine a way forward, like to imagine what the church is like, what it's like to be um, to really have a community of of, of Christ followers that are that are bringing a distinct, a distinctly different way mm-hmm. to operate, even though the world and we did this whole series that that can we be di- can can we find a sense of joy and peace and hope, even if the world doesn't get less broken, mm-hmm. and that was the idea that I needed to imagine that that I needed to, to have the imagination, the capacity to say this goes beyond what I can see. I can see how the world is supposed to be, yeah. but if it's not like that, can I imagine a way that is available to us? And so I was just asking for that, and it also has to do with the fact that I don't want my walk with God to just be limited to what I understand about what He is saying or whatever. I want it, there, there needs to be a, a measure of mystery and... Um, uh, I don't want to, vague is not the word, it's not, but just a sense of mystery mm-hmm. and wonder 
to to what God has for me. I've been walking with with the Lord for a long time, and I've you know been doing this job for a long time, and I don't want to fall prey to just doing what I've always done or thinking what I've always thought. Not if God promises to reveal Himself and more of Himself to me. Yeah. So the, my imagination is the capacity, like it's it's the thing that I want to have yeah. to let that unfold in front of me. So That's really cool. I'm really excited about it. It's you know I think it made like Richie and some of the other guys who are you know really nervous, like oh Lord, if he starts you know thinking up weird things, uh, we're gonna have yeah. to rein this in. Um, but it really has been, um, and I've seen it now everywhere. You know, just mm -hmm. the the idea of this call to to imagination and the call to consider what might be beyond this that we can't really see yeah, yet. For sure. That's really cool, Mike. Yeah. I th I th thanks for sharing that. I think that the idea of my own word is so simple, but so important. Yeah. And I think oftentimes uh, things that are simple, yep. uh, we can like run right <laughs> past. Yeah. And I think that even just like, as I process like my word, I just in the recording of those podcasts, like reminds me of like, well, oh, hold yeah. on a minute, hold on yeah. a minute. Like, this is something that I determined at the beginning of the year. This was going to be the one thing that I focused in on. Yeah. And I think hearing you, like, articulate that, it'll be very interesting to have a follow-up conversation at the end of the year. It's like, what do we learn? What do we grow? Like, how does it push us? How yeah. does it stretch us? Yeah. I think where you brought up the the subject of Ukraine, I think, is, is something else that we really wanted to talk about today. Uh, it's been, I think, heavy on all of our hearts. And the the situation is like ever evolving, right? And right. so at the time of this recording, just so you know, it's March 4th at four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so where it is today is still obviously very, very uncertain. Uh, it's incredibly sad. Yeah. Uh, Heartbreaking. It, it is a show of evil and darkness in the world that you know should not be tolerated. And I think that it's incredibly hard to process. Like, what what's our what's our response? Yeah. Like, what what do we do? And I'm not talking about as the United States of America or politically. I'm not I'm not even talking about that yet. Uh, or and, and we're not going to talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Sorry, I didn't mean to say the word yet and scare you. Uh, but my point is, is for that not to be the subject. As a Jesus follower, though, what is our response? Yeah. And how do we how do we not act like oh that's over there? Yeah. But also, like, how do we enter in in an appropriate and a helpful and a respective, a respectful way? And something that our new campus pastor Clay led us through this past Sunday, and we actually talked about it uh, at Tuesday on Tuesday of Overflow this week, uh, is we are called to pray and we are called to contend uh, for people uh, that are hurting. And I think that that. Uh, oftentimes can be, all right, God, I, I pray for the people of Ukraine. But one thing that you constantly lead us in, Mike, is let's get a name and let's get a story. Like, let's make this personal. Let's bring this like really, really close to home. And I, I was like looking up articles and I read an article uh, from, I don't remember where it was like on the internet, but I just remember it was talking about, it was a family uh, who was displaced from Afghanistan a couple of months ago and they were sent to Ukraine. So they were driven out of Afghanistan because of violence. They found themselves in the middle of the conflict in Ukraine. And then them and their three kids were running to try to get to the, the Poland border, yeah, I believe, yeah, uh, to get out of the country. And it's just like, man, I, I appreciated reading that story because it was like, okay, I can, I can be praying for them and their three kids. Right, like, right. I can make that really personal. And I can pray for everybody. Sure, sure, it's, sure. It's, not, it's not about building an exclusive yeah. prayer list, no. right? But I think that's helped me yeah. take something that is very headline driven right. 
and very gloom and doom driven and bring it down into something that I can like tangibly. Or, or also for. something that you just look on the outside and have opinions about. Yeah. But to humanize it and to personalize it, you know, it is, and I think it's really what, what we're supposed to do as, as, as the church, as yeah. followers of Jesus. And, um, you know, I wish there was like a quick answer because I do think we pray and I think that's a great mm -hmm. example, you know, Carson. One of the things I was really encouraged by is this past week, um, Richie, our executive pastor, and I had the opportunity to go up to um, the Global Distribution Center, the World Distribution Center for Convoy of Hope in Springfield, Missouri, and um, to work with some. We've been partners with them since, um, uh, since they rolled into our oh, parking lot. Saved, saved our, yeah, 2018, saved our city. And so anytime I get to go and just tell them thank you, it's just like yeah. a huge, that's what I got to go, go do is to speak to their uh, disaster services staff and their logistics staff. And just to say thank you, what you yeah. guys do like is, has made a difference in, in our church. But um, we were there, you know, and they, they've always believed this. It was just such a fresh reminder. They, they leveraged the power of the local church. Mm -hmm. And so we were there and we were in the room where they were all working. They were working on two things. They were sending a group over to uh, Australia um, because there's some flooding in there. So mm -hmm. they were sending a team over there to work with their Australian counterparts yeah. and also the local churches to get on the ground to provide disaster relief for those. But they were also networking um, real time with missionaries and church leaders in the in Ukraine and in Poland and the surrounding areas, mm -hmm. grabbing where they could get resources, supplies, medical supplies, cleaning supplies, food, Ooh, water, man. all that to deploy into that area. The guy was getting on the plane the next morning to head to Poland to go in and start to wrangle That's these cool. efforts. Because what they're doing is they they said that they're the churches and the Christians, the pastors that are on the ground, have massive to, you know connectivity. Yeah. Yeah. And if they can get them the resources, they can then begin to wow. distribute them to their people and people in need and also be prepared for all the refugees coming across the border, yeah. which is going to top, I think, a million. Yeah. Um, and they're even thinking 10 million in the next little bit, which is just you know, staggering. And, and I say that not to go, oh, this, it's not hero work. It's humble work. Yeah. It's overwhelming work. Um, but I think it does, you know, and that's, that's part of even like when we try to say, Lord, you know, what are you doing? Can we imagine how you're going to be found faithful and good in these just horrific, um, circumstances? And, you know, so it's it's um it's just a sobering reality a to think that God gives His church mm -hmm. um, responsibility and favor and miraculous provision even in the middle of what looks like just utter uh, utter hopelessness. Yeah. I mean the leaders of Convoy, I, I, we've gotten to meet several of them not only through Florence but we've had a couple of people come through the church yeah. you know over time and I'm always encouraged by their relational ability but also. Uh, their courage and boldness yeah. and leadership. Yeah. And it's like, uh, if you turn on your TV and there's something something bad or something difficult happening in the world, uh, you can nearly guarantee mm -hmm. that if you tab over and go to Instagram and go to the Convoy page, there's going to be some form of, all right, we are moving and mobilizing and responding yeah. Yeah. Uh, within a matter of yeah. hours, if not within a day or two. Yeah. And that just encourages me uh, that we, it's something our church gets to be a part of yeah. Uh, but also something that gets to inspire us all yeah. uh, to say that we can make a difference yep. in a world that seems sometimes to be governed by chaos. Yeah, and yep. they're a beautiful organization. They just built a brand new building out there uh, that yeah, cool. is is crazy cool. Go to Mike's Instagram. Yeah. He posted a few photos <clears throat> of yeah, it. They were they're uh, distributing. That's where they're distributing food from all over. You know, we're, 
There's so many things we could talk about that, but I, I don't want to get you know sidelined with we'll 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 update some of those things. I think there's some really beautiful things that are available to us, yeah. even in the middle of of things just not being where they ought to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so to change gears a little bit, today's kind of like a rapid fire episode uh, to kind of begin to like land our time together. Uh, we can all find ourselves uh, in and out of rhythms of change. And around Mike's brand new book, uh, there's been some like <laughs> conversation uh, that has like come to the surface about like, how do we, how do we slow down in the middle of change? Uh, and the whole idea of, of concluding things well that he, you know, he wrote about in the book, I think kind of lends itself to this. And like he said in the beginning, we're going to do uh, at least an episode, probably multiple episodes along the way on the book and like pull it apart once I like get to start reading my copy that I got the other day. I oh, uh, did get it. Okay, I was making sure you got I, it. I did get it. I did get it. I was trying to make you think that I didn't. I did. I was uh, like, I don't think I gave him a copy. I gave him a face, guys. I gave him a face. Uh, but you, you, as you've been having some conversations around it, you've been talking about five things yeah. uh, that can help us slow down in the middle of change. Can you walk us through those five things? And as you're listening, I would like grab your phone or, or grab something to write with and write these things down because I think they're all things that we can apply. Yeah, let, let me do this. Um, let me give you like the, 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 the snippet response to the book and why it matters. So the book is called To Be Concluded. And the idea is that there are these conclusions that we, that, that we have that are instinctive, like graduate from high school is the end of one season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, graduate from college is the end of another, end of a year is the end, you know, end of football yeah. season, March Madness. You know, everything's kind of got a, this is the end, a natural yeah. end. But a lot of things don't have an end. The pandemic doesn't have an end. It just seems to be either fizzling out and it could resurface. So it's just kind of this vague thing. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is you have to pick a point and draw a line and go, okay, this is this is the end of this particular season. And a conclusion isn't about something being over and then forgotten and gone away. Mm-hmm. But a, a conclusion is actually an intentional point in time that allows us to find perspective. It allows us to you know, to stop, to give us some space to see. Otherwise, you're just going to run faster and faster and feel the pressure of everything that's already piling up on us or the overwhelm that we feel. And it's to pause and say, okay, in this moment, and it's, it's how the rhythms of our world are kind of constructed, right? When, when Jeremiah writes that, that his mercies are new every morning, it's that the end of one day is necessary for the beginning of the next. And in that, we, 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 we draw that conclusion in order to say, okay, yes, there are fresh mercies for today. And the book ends with a story about my father-in-law. I won't, I won't get into too much of that. But you mentioned these five things. And, um, you know, it was, it was basically based on, you know, how do we, what can we do um, to sort of leverage these seasons or to bring some sense of clarity in this space that we make? And so I'll give them to you real quick. Number one is, you know, you just have to make time for reflection and I would say surrender. You know, I, I refer to this as my quiet time. Um, a lot of it, it, but it's not just about checking off a box. It's really about, Lord, can you help me to stop and get perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think the quote that I've kind of grown up hearing is if you're too busy to spend time with God, you're busier than he intends for you mm-hmm. to be. And so I just kind of grabbed on to, to that and said, okay, I'm going to make this a priority to, to really stop and recalibrate. Number two is to make clear decisions. A lot of times, you know, decisions or things pile up and they just become sort of, you know, just it's just more stuff and then you don't end up making any decision about anything. So one of the things I try to do, if it's, and again, there's a thousand little decisions we make about what we're going to wear or where we're going to eat. Yeah. And so you just eliminated those by eating at Chick-fil-A every day or wherever it is that you go. <laughs> um, Curbside, baby. Three, right, yeah. right, right. And so 
But what I do is if there's big decisions, I write them down and then I decide like, okay, um, what am I going to do about this? Mm -hmm. What do I need in order to make a decision? Is this my decision? And, and just, I, yeah. I just try to be really, really clear on it. So when I make a decision, it's made and it doesn't drag on into something else. The third thing is you got to have clear priorities. Mm -hmm. And this just means you have to have some sense of purpose to know what you're going to get yourself into and what you're not going to get yourself yeah. into. Um, you know, like I said, I have a lot of ideas. And so I have a folder in my Evernote called Screwball Ideas. And this is just almost anything I think of that might be fun or entertaining or profitable or helpful. And, you know, I am not afraid of a bad idea. Um, my philosophy is that. you got to get, you know, you got to get a, you got to get 50 bad ideas yeah. to have one decent one. Yeah. And so the more ideas you have, the better. So I just keep this, but I don't like destroy everybody with them. But what I do is I run, I write them down on my board. I'll look at it every week and say, did I do something about this? Hmm. And if I didn't, then I take it off or I move it to another bucket. Interesting. Because I'm just not going to let something sit as a priority. If it's if it's not worth giving time yeah. to, then it can't be a priority. And if it is a priority, then I have to arrange my schedule to get mm -hmm. time to it. So that's kind of the third thing. And then the fourth, which kind of leads in this, is that you got to be willing to say no, mm -hmm. um, which if, you know, as I assume we're both kind of people pleasers, right? We For love sure. to please other people. Yeah. Um, you just have to be willing to say no, which means you're going to have to disappoint people. One of the uh, phrases, you know, quotes, one of my favorite leadership quotes, I, I can't remember who even said it, but he said, leadership mm -hmm. is disappointing people at a rate they can tolerate, <laughs> which is it. just a great quote. And it comes true it, every yeah. time. And you, you, because anytime you have to do, you have to pick one thing, you know, everything has a cost. Yeah. And in order to to do one thing, you have to say no to something else. And you just, because otherwise you end up doing, trying to please and do a bunch of things and you're not going to end up doing any of them with any effectiveness. And it's just something that, you know, as much as I hate it, I've had to become, uh, I don't want to say comfortable with it because that's not it. You recognize, you know, disappointment or, um, but but I have to do what God has asked me to do. Yeah. And, you know, there are things I've tried to wrestle out to know what that is. So I set those priorities and, I, and I'm willing to say no to things. And then the last thing, and this is just kind of a, a fun exercise for people who are sort of um, a little bit more, you know, more anxious and, and easily overwhelmed is that every idea um, is not a thing to be done. Mm -hmm. That's why I keep my screwball ideas because I can just I can just throw it in an idea and go, oh, that was fun. And yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not obligated yeah. to do anything because a lot of times, sorry, let me finish that sentence, right? I'm not obligated to do anything with it. A lot of times when someone comes up with an idea or says something, you immediately feel the pressure. Now I've got to do something about this. And you don't. You yeah. just It's just an idea. So if you're thinking about something, you know, put it in a category that says, this is just an idea and it doesn't obligate me to spend time or energy or effort mm -hmm. or get, have a meeting about it. Yeah. And if it moves into a priority, then of course you can start to arrange or figure out how you're going to pull it off. But, yeah. but that, those are kind of five things that I've used to just sort of say, you know what, this helps me to maintain a, a sense of, okay, and then, then it, you know, uh, of what am I going to do next and how am I going to continue to move um, forward or more in line with what God is asking of me mm. in this particular season? Yeah, I love that. And saying no to things <laughs> along the way is critically important uh, to getting to the right thing or to the to the best sure. thing. And I love Bob Goff talks about this all the time. He's like, you need to quit something every Thursday. And he just made it, you know, he's like, he just made up the day Thursday. Right. And he, he says that he has like good reasons for that. And I think that it's actually like pretty strategic in the, in the rhythm of the week. Uh, but he like jokes around, he's like, just pick a day and say, I'm going to quit something today. And it's for me, I don't like doing that. 
because it's like I just want to keep adding, adding, yeah. adding, and doing and saying yes and making everybody happy. I think uh, yeah, because to not do something feels counterintuitive, or to and it grow. feels like a failure, right? Like it feels like I I had this idea and I didn't do anything about it, therefore I failed. Yeah, and it's like no, you had an idea. Yeah. And it's not actually a part of your call or your priority yeah. or your wheelhouse. Yeah. So just be content with it being an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Have authority. Like keep authority in your life. That's good. I think that those five things are are really tangible and really think things that we can all apply this year as we journey towards the end of spring, as we get ready to the summer's going to be here <laughs> faster wait. than we realize. I know. And I can't wait either. But Easter's going to come really quick. Graduation's going to come. I'm going to have a daughter, and then we're going to be into the summer, and it's going to be crazy. Uh, But I think even if you just picked one of these things and said, I'm I'm going to apply one of them in my daily life and the way that I am living and the way that I'm prioritizing my time and my attention, I think that you would be better off uh, for it. And I think that it like comes underneath the vision of the podcast, right? Of like, how do we like process the information that we're inundated by? And I think that the conversation today is honestly a picture of us doing that. Yep. Like us saying, oh, wow, the past couple of months, we've been really busy. We've been navigating a lot of change in the world today. There's a lot of things that are going on that very easily distract us. And as we look ahead, here are a couple things that we can apply directly to our life right now uh, to help us find the freedom and the, the quality of life uh, that we believe God came to give us uh, and invite us into. So I'm glad that you listened to the episode today. I hope that it encouraged you. We're back. We're going we're gonna to be releasing content uh, at a sustainable pace as we like continue to figure out like what is next for Mike and I as far as the rhythms that we're living <laughs> and the book launch. And Mike is on a ton of podcasts right now kind of helping get the book in the air. Uh, so stay tuned to Just Think uh, and stay tuned with the church if you're here, a part of our movement here in Wilmington. Uh, we'd love to see you. We'd love to talk to you. We love you, and we'll see you real soon.